and welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is episode 41, being recorded on the 5th of January 2020, um, for release on the 7th of January 2020. Um, had to catch myself there before I said 2019. Whoops. Um, this is your fortnightly look at Marga with a focus on joint discussion. This is also the start of quote-unquote season three of the podcast, which is only really there so I can keep track of the episodes better. Um, but joining me, as always, for this lovely cavalcade of manga goodness is Mr. Andy Hanley. How you doing, Andy? Yeah, not bad. I've, I've been trying to, to think of some kind of manga that's set in 2020 so that we can have the inevitable, why don't we have Flying Cars yet discussion, but uh, but my mind was blank, so I, I can't help you on that one. Yeah, I have to admit, the main thing I've seen, rather than being set in 2020, a lot of them pin 2020 as this far-off future time. I mean, hell, it was most of the premise of Tokyo Terror Rebel Girls um, was that they were scared of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Um <laughs> It's getting a sequel as well, which is set in modern day. So that means that it will be 2020. Oh, no. So we'll see. Seems, seems, seems appropriate. Yeah, it seems like a good world to go back to, frankly. Um, if you like what we're doing here, you can support us on Patreon. We'd greatly appreciate it if you did. Um, f- for the mere sum of a few American dollars, you get a free, uh, well, you get an extra bonus episode that's only available to patrons, um, which in this case, um, we're recording straight after this episode because um, Christmas completely destroyed our timelines. So, oops, sorry. Um, but also for a few more dollars, you can vote on what we have to then read. Um, so you two can foist your taste upon us and then maybe we'll like it who knows stranger things have happened and also on the patreon bent is a shout out to mr rob jessup once again thank you very much for supporting us so um opening up 2020 um i don't think it's ever gonna get old saying that quite frankly um is our first set of returning champions for the year where we look back at series we've discussed previously on the podcast and sort of run an eye over them once again um i see here andy you've put an interesting little thing on here which um i know you previously mentioned you're going to catch up on so do you want to run with it and tell us about it yeah sure so yeah we we talked about it a few shows ago and uh now volume two is available um i caught up with uh, with the second volume of skull-faced bookseller honda sand which uh, is a series that i was i was very keen on i had a really good time with the first volume and uh kind of I, I didn't do a huge amount of manga reading over christmas but this was definitely kind of one of the few things of like oh this is just a good kind of light-hearted fun thing that i'll dig into um and as per volume one it is a lot of good light-hearted fun like more more good book selling anecdotes um all kind of very enjoyably told by kind of honda san who's is kind of a, a, just a really good character for sort of telling those kinds of stories because you know it's it's very kind of you know self-effacing and and not uh, and not too kind of uh, serious etc etc uh, and there there are some really good anecdotes to be had like I mean not not least at a moment where where Honda San goes to to her boss just to to basically ask a question and say like hey have you got like a few minutes of your time because. I, I need to ask you something to which her boss basically just assumes oh god you're going to resign aren't you and just goes on on this big long spiel about like how hey you know it's been so great having you work here and you know obviously if you need to go on to better things and that's fine and, and great and we wish you the best of luck in the future whereas uh, Honda Sam was not going to resign at all and just like ended up in this awkward like now I feel like I kind of have to because this conversation has gone on far too long um, and so there's some, some really good moments like that and there, there are quite a few of those sprinkled throughout the book um, the one thing that is kind of an interesting an interesting sort of caveat to all of this which is 
something that that was kind of there in the back of my mind throughout the volume and then it kind of becomes clear why it was playing on my mind when you get to the end of it is it kind of I wasn't quite sure what it was but like something felt a little bit different about this volume and I kind of wondered whether like ah oh, maybe there are just only so many kind of good amusing stories you can tell about working in a bookstore and maybe maybe it's just kind of running low on material already because it just felt just like a little bit kind of off in a way that I couldn't quite kind of figure out and then when you kind of get to the epilogue you realize why because basically the the whole kind of epilogue chapter the sort of bonus chapter is basically saying like yeah I kind of got into trouble for one of the stories I told in volume one and basically I had to make a deal that I kind of have to talk to my superiors about anything I want to include in the book and also like there was a, a, a good story what I felt was a good story that I wanted to put in this volume that basically got shot down as like no we don't want to risk it like you know we we can't we can't run with that we we can't give that the okay and it kind of like gave me that realization that this second volume is kind of a little bit tones down isn't really quite the the word but it is certainly kind of it, it doesn't have quite the same sort of I can't really think of the word for it like I was gonna say authenticity but that's not really fair either but like it definitely feels just a little bit kind of more mellowed a little bit more kind of cleaner in a sense that it, it sort of feels like it's it's sort of been massaged not to not to worry kind of the, the actual author's bosses in the bookshop and I think that's kind of a shame because it just takes a little bit of the edge off of it like it's not as if it's this is a series that is kind of laying bare the the shocking practices of the the Japanese like bookstore industry but clearly there were people kind of higher up the chain than the author who like felt uncomfortable about parts of it and it just feels a little bit neutered that's maybe the word that I'm looking for where it doesn't have quite the same kind of pep to it where there are clearly it sort of feels like there are moments where it's like there was probably you know the the truth of this story or, or some element of it was actually probably just kind of like excised from this this retelling just because like nobody wants to get in trouble anymore and it's it's kind of it's kind of a shame like it sort of takes a little bit of the the sheen off what is otherwise a really entertaining volume yeah that's a massive shame i mean conspiratorial hat on here but i have to presume it was the um chapter about um working with publishers and you know making um books ready for sale when they come in with um leaflets and such yeah, funnily enough, actually, it wasn't. It was actually the chapter about, like, the kind of training seminar that she went to. Oh. And, appa- <laughs> and apparently, but it's like that, you know, kind of like, I can't really think of anything there. Like, obviously, it's a little bit inside baseball, but, like, there's nothing in there that's really kind of offensive to anybody. Like, it's all kind of, I, I mean, you know, the, the kind of the upshot of that chapter is like, actually, I was really sceptical about this, but it was actually, like, informative and there were some really kind of like passionate and good people there and so I, I kind of found it while I could understand on one level it also felt a little bit weird it's like really that's that's the one that kind of like you know got got your your rankles up a little bit yeah that's weird um I mean I guess that one maybe is as you say it starts out being quite down and even at the end to my mind it still has some sort of elements where you sort of look at it and you think oh like it you know there are still caveats even to the positive message of this uh, maybe it was just seen as being a bit embarrassing for someone involved who knows yeah. but I imagine yeah. it kind of touched outside of the bookseller world enough to make people get the heebie-jeebies which as you say sound it's a shame because that kind of unvarnished like you know very earnest and innocent look at things was you know it was kind of revelatory in a very mundane way um like especially with the backroom sort of preparation of stock and all that where 
you know, it's not the sort of thing that's interesting on its own, but told well. It's, you know, interesting because it is something you don't know about, you know, like a good Wikipedia hole or something. Yeah. Whereas, you know, filing that off really, as you say, like kind of neuters the product, the series and makes it like less interesting from the off for me, at least, where it's a case of, oh, well, if you're having to double, ch- I mean, also, even if, even if they also self-censors the artist where of course they're going to spend a lot of time thinking well is this going to get nixed am i going to get told not to do this like you know it ends up kind of having a dampening effect even if like there's no actual like killing of chapters even though as you say in the obake there there is a mention of a chapter which was in fact just flat out murdered so that's a that's a real shame um it's a shame it's a shame as well because i remember i think we talked about it in a previous review that it's like wow it's really good that their their bosses are being really cool about this and they seem to be in on the joke almost but then apparently not whoops yeah yeah, it's, it sounds like they're very much kind of like in on the joke, but only to a certain point. And like you say, there is that chilling effect of kind of that self-censorship of like, well, I don't even want to kind of cause the trouble of going and asking about this if, you know, it's just going to kind of cause, you know, upset or, or you know, it's going to, I'm going to be kind of looked upon poorly for even asking it, etc, etc. Which is ironic because there's also a part of this where um, basically, she, she goes for, for, for drinks with a bunch of like publishing people who somehow like basically piece together. It's like, wait, I, they're literally talking about her manga in front of her. And like somebody kind of drops a big enough hint of like, actually, you're talking like literally to the author right now. And they're basically kind of like grabbing her by the shoulders of just like, why, why don't you just like talk shit about the people that deserve it more than you do? And, and you know, they, they're at the opposite angle of like, no, there are all these these other truths that you should be telling <laughs> and she's just like no i don't i don't want this um so it's like there's clearly there's clearly like a number of elements at work there but again it's kind of interesting and i'm i'm kind of curious how like even future volumes further down the line will will work with this as more and more people are clearly getting like clued in as to like oh you're like the author of this book like what what is the overall effect of that like upon the work it's kind of become this weird kind of almost meta kind of science experiment of you know what what happens when the observer kind of becomes known and becomes noticed by everybody who is being observed the the um the gorillas in the mist problem maybe <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i think it's interesting um in that regard because it's a four volume manga which is a good number of volumes so that's like two more volumes to go of like post censorship material so who knows if things change but yeah that sounds interesting i mean it does sound a shame but like at least we got some good we got some i mean it still sounds funny like is it still funny that's my that's yes, my okay, yeah, yeah like that's the thing there are still good stories to be told there are still good good anecdotes it was just that slight kind of it was this weird niggle in the back of my mind of like it just felt slightly different as if kind of the the tone and perspective had altered slightly and in a way i was really glad that the amake chapter just kind of cleared that up of just like hey look here's what's gone down since volume one because it it kind of took me from worrying like oh maybe there's just no like material left to work with and you're kind of you know struggling to gin things up whereas it's a case of like oh no actually you have too much good material and that's kind of the problem yeah the material is too good too hot for tv as they yeah. say so exactly yeah so maybe like I, I almost kind of there's also part of me that, that would love a kind of like maybe 10 years down the line when the author like has some other job or is, is you know just a full-fledged manga artist to go back and do like hey here's the stories that i couldn't tell you now but like you know enough time has passed that i can i can share these tales with you yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Some something to do with Skullface bo- bo- Honda San, you know, laid bare or just bare bones or something. There's got to be a pun in there. There's got to be a pun in there. I can't think of it right now. Um, but I'll leave that to you, Andy. You always better at puns than I was. <laughs> Oh, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's a good volume. Like it's you know for 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 all of the kind of talk a- around that specific point, which is more kind of just like a point of interest that that was just sort of in my periphery. It's a good volume. Like it, it has it has good it has good jokes. It is still it is still funny. It still has good anecdotes. Like the the extended cast around Honda San, I feel like get a bit more kind of play and a bit more love as well in this volume, which is quite nice because there are clearly some other like real good characters in both the literal and figurative sense, like around that book store and so it's kind of nice to see a lot of that stuff getting fleshed out in in quite fun ways as well like it's not just kind of a a, a one-woman show at this point yeah i mean even in the first volume some of those other characters were fun um if anything else just because of the weird things they wore instead of having a head um yeah. so that's always good i'm waiting for dullahan to turn up that makes sense you know? <laughs> yeah yeah well and, and of course like that's another part of the whole kind of like in, inside joke part of this now is is now like at this point in the manga the author has people like coming up like hey hey can i have this as my head and it's like no you don't get to choose like this is this is one line i am going to draw that like you know i get to choose your representation you don't get to make this up for yourself yeah it's like trying to give yourself a nickname as a kid like it ain't gonna yeah, work exactly yeah, yeah can't do that yeah you can't do that that's not cool um cool so that's um skullface um, um sorry that's um skull-faced bookseller honda san i always try and mix it up for some reason Right, so moving on. I had one returning champion, which I kind of... I don't know why I bought this, um, but I did. And I bought volume two of To Your Eternity by the author of um, A Silent Voice. And we talked about this previously and kind of came away cold from it. And I don't know why, but I bought volume two. I think I was bored at home at my parents over Christmas. And I don't know, but I think mistakes were made, um, which I think this sort of dour downer intro probably tells you what I thought of it. Um so it's kind of more of the same um to some regards or please see our previous review of um to your eternity i it's kind of opens up interestingly where it now has a new state where the orb and um march the little sacrificial girl and her protector the um huntress lady and the weird technologically advanced assholes who are basically putting on this whole fake god show thing and they retreat to the town where um, the god fake god play people come from and i've i read it a few weeks ago so this is why i'm even worse with names than normal apologies but to cut to the quick and actually get to it it does a lot of interesting world building and scope building where it kind of elaborates more on the nature of the orb the titular main character who has become a wolf a poor sad boy who is now officially landmarked as being nameless which is kind of just a shame um but at the same time, it kind of does all the things that I don't like about the series, and it really goes for the tragedy porn in a way that I find extremely distasteful and don't like. Um, and if anything, the cover on this manga is like a big fuck you in a way, um, because I'm, you know, I've always complained about things that feel spiteful. Like you can do bad things to characters, that's fine, but just don't don't be spiteful. Like it sucks. It's not a good way to build tension. It's not a good way to invest me in something. It just pisses me off. And to your eternity, did that exact thing in fact i thought it it almost got away with it before i realized what was happening and i'm like what the hell are you doing and 
it kind of makes hay with that new um, state of things, and it even brings in um, this is this is going to be a minor, minor, minor spoiler, but you can kind of see it happening. Is it brings in an antagonist to the orb creature and an actual like overarching structure and architecture to its quest of gathering experiences and at the end of the second volume it has set out like another level of like structure to the whole world which makes it more confusing if anything where i don't know it brings back an old snes rpg i used to play called um legend of evermore i think it was like a weird us version of you know secret of mana 2 or whatever i'm gonna get yelled at by game faqs people now but basically it feels like that where there's like several levels of like in the first volume you had the village which had the sacrificial rite which was actually just a big weird thing put on them by outsiders but now it's become a case of oh how many petri dishes are there how many tiers of petri dish are there you know it's like the whole like matrix the world is a simulation thing but you don't know how many tiers it goes through um and yeah it's it's the what uh, positives it looks very pretty um it feels a lot more assured in what it's telling you but I don't like what it's telling me, um, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's it's very beautiful to look at. It has a really sweet fight scene, in fact, several of them. And it does have some nice character moments. March especially, like basically um, keeps the entire series going for this volume, um, to my mind. But yeah, I, I'm now, whereas I was kind of unsold after volume one, I'm now double unsold after volume two. And yeah, hard no from me, I'm afraid yeah yeah it's uh i'm kind of not really surprised to hear this i mean it's it's kind of uh one of the interesting things when uh when i was at hibernicon is i ended up having quite quite a lot of conversations with people about to your eternity because we just kind of published that episode and, <laughs> and was, you were a stack was, target at a booth <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah pretty much um and you know there, there was a lot of talk about it and i i think one of the the kind of things that that i got out of it is like hey there are some good storylines and kind of bits of to your eternity but like the the whole is kind of a, a big ask to to kind of delve into and you know it, it feels like it's it's a series that has given itself a lot of scope to kind of reinvent itself constantly and occasionally that comes good but more often than not it doesn't and it kind of the, the general feeling that i got was like hey if you're really willing to kind of sit through all of this you'll probably find like a good volume or so in the midst of it somewhere but there is a lot of it that will be exactly what you've just described at, at which point yeah i was very much of the mind of like yeah i think i'll probably not do that then yeah, I mean, if it was still on Crunchyroll Manga and I still had a Crunchyroll subscription and the Crunchyroll app worked at all, so that's a lot of prerequisites, I might dive into it because it has the fake price of free, um, but I'm not going to be buying more volumes of it. I mean, I've also heard that, I I think I mentioned this before, but like the author recently said that they have finished with like part one of it at like you know 10 plus volumes in so whoa what are you doing there what is this one piece <laughs> so yeah yeah but yeah i must admit like i will admit like it looks very pretty and when at points when the series when the volume volume two had like kind of calmed my sort of frustrations towards it and it was when it had a good head of steam on it that i was enjoying it was a real fun read because it looks beautiful it has some real consideration to what it's doing but then quite often it throws it away by by doing something i strongly dislike in the storyline so whoops um maybe it's it might just be me i don't know who knows probably partially but as i say like i i I think uh, yeah I I feel like it's doing too I feel like it's trying to do way too much and it can't so yeah 
Yeah, I, I think that that's certainly you're not the only person I've kind of heard that from. So I, I think that's probably fair to to take that as kind of a, a a general shared experience for a lot of people. Oh, thank goodness! I thought I was going to be like yelled at again on the internet. <laughs> oh dear! But yeah, that's um, to your eternity. And um, been catching up on other stuff, but nothing that really warrants um, a returning champion shout out. Um, apart from yeah. one last thing to mention is. Um, uh, please read Chainsaw Man. Um, <laughs> I know it's my. I know it's a joke now at this point, but the most recent chapter of Chainsaw Man did something that made me drop my tablet in horror. Um, so that was good. Um, also bad, like extremely, extremely bad for the cast of that series. Um, but yeah, it was really intense. Um, in fact, the entire last like volume or so of that manga has been really intense. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in terms of quick mentions, I will also mention I've read another couple of volumes of Girl from the Other Side, uh, literally as of this morning. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't really have much to say other than to kind of like echo your comments on on the last show where you talked about catching up with it. Like it's still, I think it's it's fast becoming kind of like one of my my favourite series just in terms of kind of its art style and kind of use of, of panelling and, and lightness and dark. Like it, it is... It, for, it's a series that kind of like I feel like you can kind of show people kind of stills and certain panels of and it's maybe not going to sell people on it but when you kind of see it all kind of in flow like it is incredibly good at what it does with that and uses it so well to actually kind of push the story forward um but yeah like I basically bought all of the volumes up to the latest one so I'll probably be doing some some more catch up with that over the next week or two yeah 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 I think you might have the most intense bit of check out my drawing chops um where is where they have a snowball fight um which is <laughs> real nuts because you're just looking you just reading it going man the author is just styling right now um yeah yeah like there, there are so many good moments like that where it just you know whether whether it's kind of showing the distance be it physical or otherwise between characters and stuff like that it's just it's just so incredibly well done like there are so many moments where i just i kind of it took me longer to read than it should because i was burning through it apart from the moments where i just like sat and gulped at a page for a couple of minutes of just like that's so good yeah totally also have you uh, yeah i'm guessing you've now read what volume are you up to now five uh, I, I, uh, no, I've read up to volume three, so I'm at the oh. end of volume three. Okay, I'll keep so. my gob shut then. Um, I want to yeah, get still, your still, sorry, still plenty left to run. So. Yeah, I want to get your thoughts on certain things that happen in some of the more recent, like volumes five on. Like, in fact, frankly, all of it like has moments that made me go what. So um, there are certain volumes I want and things that happen. I want to get your thoughts on. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure that well, that time will come soon, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a great series. Um, Girl from the Other Side, highly recommended. Um, so cool. So moving on to the main part of our show um, for this evening um, is my pick um, for us to read, which was Honey and Clover, Volume 1. It's a shoujo beat title published by Viz, um, written by and illustrated by Chika Umino. Um, the series is complete. It sits at a modest 10 volumes. You can buy it mostly digitally now i think i think it's been long out of print um yeah i think it's it's all available digitally now yeah I didn't check that out. yeah it's all on comiXology it's, it's by viz so they kind of pick and choose their um their publishing venues digitally and it concerns a set of art students who are in university who live in a rather ramshackle boarding house, much like my own halls when I was in uni, quite frankly, except I didn't have a series of cans attached to string that I could jingle when I wanted to get food out of people. Um, already sounds like an improvement, frankly. 
And these art students are all in different sort of majors. They're all at various different st- points in their scholastic journey. And they're all a bunch of kind of weirdos. Like one of them seems to like vanish for days on end, weeks on end, and then reappear with some kind of food-based omiyage. Um, the main sort of character it focuses around is um, Takemoto, who has like a shock of blonde hair spiked up. So he looks like a little bit like Tails the Fox from Sonic for some reason. I don't know why he reminds me of that. And it's about these weirdos sort of art students and like it's a shoujo beat title and it's often mentioned as a romance but the romance is quite slow in coming um and it's a very sort of dour down to earth down in the dirt with these characters sort of look at their sort of school life but at the same time and in a way that is kind of exhausting at least personally is that it's also mildly madcap and deranged comedy um and like weird off the wall sort of students being crazy students thing and like as a, as a result like the main sort of inciting incident of this series is a new student joins um hagu um hagumi hanamoto who is basically a tiny tiny pixie girl who they dress up as like a yokai early on in the series for a laugh uh, but also is very quiet very re- very restrained um clearly has some sort of social um issues with relating to other people but is also like a very driven artist and sculptor um even though again she looks like she's like like what eight i think um and so it kind of becomes obvious that there's different love polygons going on the oh yeah also their professor is the um sort of guardian figure of hagu like i think he's her uncle um and so you've got these different romances going on where Takamoto kind of falls in falls in love with Hagu really far really quickly. Shinobu, who is the weirdo who brings gifts and vanishes for weeks, um, also seems to like her, but also just seems to tease her constantly. You've got Mayama, who is on a completely different series, basically, who is basically pining for his current sort of like um like boss for his apprenticeship boss um who has recently lost a husband it's implied from like a few pages but also all this other way weird crazy stuff going on there's also like a farmer dude who lives in the apartments but they talk about him very grimly but then he turns up with a bunch of ham but then vanishes after 20 pages um and so this is kind of like a lot of me kind of tiptoeing around and giving you the layout for me to basically say that i really didn't enjoy this series whatsoever um mostly because it can't keep a consistent tone and also it's constantly jumping around um because it it it's very seamless in its flow but it seamlessly moves from like complete insane gag comedy to actual quite horrifying trauma to like social anxiety to weird jokes that go on too long and the characters i mean it makes some sense that the characters are completely on different wavelengths and so exist in the same space uncomfortably because they're just slamming into each other with their different sort of like shticks but at the same time they're so outlandish that i kind of really couldn't get along with it I mean, I there isn't there is two series of anime of this um, series that I didn't watch didn't watch myself. They came out in two thousand five and two thousand six, and when I was getting into anime, they were talked about in hushed tones and oh wow, Honey and Clover, and that's the only real sort of like previous exposure I have to it is this sort of weird overhanging mist of reverence for it, which I cannot you know replicate in any way, and frankly, I just really didn't enjoy it as a result because it just felt so just real slapdash and really 
hard to get a handle on or care about. Like I burned through the first three chapters and then burned through them again slowly because I was like, nothing in this is grabbing me like at all. Like, am I missing something um, in some way? And this is kind of the bottom line that I drew in my own notes is like, it feels almost like an omake to another series that I should have already read that I cared about. That was more, the more straight faced romance or the more straight faced school life series or something with consistent tone. But then this series is just this thing that exists um and was highly confusing to try and read um and then it has all these really intense like romance sort of elements that when it gets serious it suddenly feels like really intense but then jumps back to real mr mark stupidity that i could not care about um so yeah that's kind of my sort of feelings in a small pit i don't know if you came away the same andy uh, yeah, pretty pretty much precisely as, as it turns out. Oh. Um, yeah, like I mean, my my kind of grounding in Honey and Clover was very similar of, of years of people yelling at me like, "Oh, you have to watch the Honey and Clover anime. It's amazing. It's totally in your wheelhouse. You're going to love it." And I watched it and didn't really like it. And the interesting thing I think about the anime is that. I kind of, I never really attached myself or kind of engaged with any of it, and I couldn't quite figure out why. And I think the reason for that, having read the first volume of the source material, is that if the anime does one thing well, it's quite good at kind of smoothing the transition between kind of the madcap stuff and the more serious stuff. Like, I, I guess it, it just sort of has a bit more time and space to work with to, to make all of that feel a bit more kind of seamless and, and feel a bit more kind of measured. And so, that's kind of what left me baffled about the anime is like I can never really put a finger on like here is why I don't particularly care about this and kind of reading the the, the actual source material made it all so much clearer because yeah I, I kind of came away in exactly the same the same way that, that you did is like I, I think it, it kind of sets out its stall early on in terms of me not really finding anything to connect with it because it it feels like, like you say, with it being like an Amake to a different series, it feels like it never actually introduces the characters, you know? It's like you kind of get dropped right into the midst of kind of a bunch of shenanigans and not in a way that it then kind of goes back and fleshes out particularly. It's just kind of like left there hanging and... I couldn't find anything about any of the characters to kind of attach myself to or empathize with. And then when it comes into some of the kind of serious stuff around various characters, in some cases, it almost felt like a complete 180 degrees of like, you know, a character whose name has completely escaped me, which kind of tells you how little I cared about them. I couldn't even be bothered to write them down. Um, is that, you know, like there are characters where it's just like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm single. I don't really have any luck with girls. And then the next thing we know, like, oh, he's pining for a married woman and he has this other girl who seems to be really into him. And it suddenly felt like, this character was completely different to the person we'd been introduced to a few chapters previously. And I kind of had a similar thing of like, did I, did I skip a chapter here? Did I get this completely wrong? And yeah, it just, it just felt, it all just felt very busy, but with no real ends to it. Like particularly early on, it's like, there is so much going on in every panel in terms of like dialogue and just stuff happening, but none of it really felt like it had any kind of particular ends or any kind of anything for me to hang my hat on in terms of like oh well here's an interesting thing about this character like even the things that are kind of put injected in from the get-go as kind of like mysteries about like ah, eh, we don't know like you know this uh, monitor just like you know disappears for weeks on end and then comes back with a, a wadge of cash and nobody knows what he does it's like 
I feel like in another series that would be a really interesting like oh okay I want to know more about this character and like what what their deal is but just the way it's all presented and with so much other stuff just going on around the periphery I just it just left me cold like I had no reason to really care about it and yeah it just kind of jumps all over the place feeling just like it's making busy work for itself and I I lost patience with that very quickly, which is a shame because I think some of the stuff later in this volume, as it starts to get into the the deeper stuff, like does seem more interesting. But by that point, I had just like zero investment in any of the characters. Yeah, I'm with you. I I must have you mentioning busy work kind of really nailed it for me as well. Where also like one part, as you mentioned, is that um, it's hard to know what parts are the serious parts and what parts are the comedic parts like almost or what what you should be paying attention to because there's both comedy and like actual romance or like personal growth going on but it's excruciatingly hard trying to differentiate which one is the one is in which mode um which you know especially with shinobu around who is a big old comedy lad um or that or asleep and he's all over the shop and as you mentioned mayama who is the blonde who is the older character who is in love with the married lady well yeah mar- or widow um but yeah, it's it, he. He's a fascinating character, but he feels like in a completely different series because he has a fully formed like love polygon around him, and especially with Yamada, the like another character who likes him, and that's a perfectly fine little thing. But it's constantly being sort of like crammed in or sidelined by everything else happening, um, even at the end of the volume. And as you say, like it just jumps you in with these characters very quickly. Um, and leaves you no time to really get used to what's happening because all everyone's moving at the same time anyway um which is very tiresome also it has a really good reference to system sick mac 6 on mac which is uh, <laughs> which dates that series hilariously as well as the candy bar old style phones like pre nokia um that i felt real i don't know i really enjoyed seeing that for some stupid reason it was like oh okay yeah. shit <laughs> Yeah, I, I likewise. I, I think at that point I was just so glad to to find something that actually amused me that I was I was just kind of glommed onto that with with both hands. But uh, yeah, it's, it's strange because I, I feel like the the comedy side of it in particular. Like I'm kind of all for be it romantic comedies or whatever that have a bunch of oddball characters, but I, I feel like especially for a series like this, you need some kind of grounding to it. And this is a series that, I don't know, maybe maybe it gets into this stuff later on, but it, it kind of feels like all of the characters are sort of oddballs just for the sake of it, just because it, it gives the series something... in Again, it's kind of busy work. It just gives the series something interesting to do. Like, it feels like a lot of the, the stuff around kind of these characters isn't going to have any kind of payoff and that's kind of really frustrating when it feels like you're just kind of wading through this just because the series somehow feels like it has to do this and and that that i think again was something that kind of turned me off in the early chapters yeah i think one thing in particular is because they're at university but you only rarely see them actually doing any university work or mentioning it at all like even if i had just one instance of them like grounding themselves in what they're doing you know you have a bit where obviously takamoto is like oh you guys know what you're doing i don't and it's like yeah but you're a second year you don't freaking know anything um and then finally at one point like towards the end of volume he says oh yeah i'm an architecture major it's like finally someone actually explained what they're doing like someone is actually oh someone is actually yeah. giving themselves a backstory rather than just being a weird weird free reeling nutcase who's far too kind yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you compare and contrast that to another series we talked about recently, Silver Spoon, where, you know, you get to see them doing their everyday studies and 
the you know there, there are some pretty kind of weird characters in that series when you look at it but then it very quickly digs in and you kind of get to see you know their circumstances why they are studying what they are and you kind of get a feel for them as a whole where it's not just like ah oh, look at this crazy kid it's like oh you know yeah like he he has you know he's he's a dumbass or whatever but like also here's why he's at this college here's why he's studying what he is here's what he wants to do and then suddenly you have this far more kind of rounded 360 degree view whereas it feels like a lot of the characters in Honey and Clover I kind of got to the end of that volume where a lot of them it just felt like they're there'd been no kind of filling in of this character like I'd sort of seen the initial sheet of just like oh yeah here's the crazy thing that they do and then that was kind of it yeah no I'm with you it's especially when like yeah it clearly has a purpose in mind for a lot of the weird stuff but yeah anyway it's it's very tiring <laughs> to read. I did, I just found myself kind of exhausted by it the whole time, um, which again feels like a shame because, I, like I say, it's rather unfair on the series and perhaps unfair on myself with expectations. But having known it as something that was always like in the background mists of anime fandom of like, well, perhaps historical anime fandom now because I was listening to those podcasts in two thousand eight when Honey and Clover two was finishing on fan sub. So this might just be a Elliot's brain is broken problem problem rather than anything else yeah but uh, but yeah i mean it was definitely a, a series that was kind of much vaunted for a, a not insignificant period of time and, and was was much talked about and discussed like i, I remember there being a, a uk home video release that never happened for whatever reason and like people being really upset about that and so yeah like it's 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 always carried this kind of weight within fandom and yeah like it, it as i say it was it was strange because i could never quite put a finger on what it was that the anime did or didn't do that that kind of pushed me away from really enjoying it and and kind of reading the manga has has made a lot of it way way clearer in terms of like you know seeing the worrying under the board and, and why it didn't sit with me but yeah like much like you i i, I sort of came away feeling a, a mildly exhausted having read the volume because it felt like i'd it felt like, like I'd, I'd waded through you know a, 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 some very deep water but then got to the other side and kind of found that you know there wasn't actually anything there and it was kind of a, all a, felt like a bit of a waste of time yeah yeah there is that so yeah um, apologies for making you read that but hey at least we know now um... yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did like just like many of these things you know it's kind of it's, it's been sat there in my mind as in terms of like not knowing why I didn't like the anime and it's it, it is still you know Know, a title that, that gets dropped every so often so it's, it's it's good tonight yeah it is so yeah there's um honey and clover volume one if you think we're horribly wrong um let us know <laughs> we have a twitter feed for a reason so moving on to your pick andy um which no i'm not i'm just gonna hand it over to you frankly that'd be unfair so moving on to your pick andy um samari and the guardian of the forest um if you please yes. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So this is a series that's actually just starting its anime adaptation, um, confusingly with a different name of Somali in the Forest Spirit. So there's not there's not, not not good brand synergy there. But when you read um, this volume, you can kind of see how that happened, almost at least to my mind. So <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, so this is uh, published by uh, North Star Pictures, who who did the, the important work of bringing Wakakazake to to the English speaking world. Um, so you know, always worth mentioning that again. Uh, check back through our archives for our thoughts on that series volume two um, hasn't come yeah. out yet i've been keeping an eye out but there hasn't, hasn't been a volume two yet i'm upset yeah yeah like mildly worried about that but uh i guess it's, it's probably not going to be their most profitable title i would i would suspect um 
But yeah, so Smarin the Guardian of the Forest um, kind of introduces us via the, the aforementioned Forest Guardian. He's basically kind of a a, a robot man, effectively. Um, and he finds... He's kind of known as a golem, and he finds this uh, child, um, the the other titular character, Somali, who, who immediately calls him father, um, is clearly kind of like orphaned. And uh, so they travel around together looking for humans, um, and Samari is actually herself a human, but is basically has to, to disguise herself as, as not being a human, because this is a world where... Uh, where humankind has more or less been wiped out. Like, there was a big war between kind of humankind and seemingly basically everybody else on the planet. Um, and it kind of turned to the point where, you know, what remained of humanity is either kind of, like, hunted down or, or kept as pets. So it's not... It's it's not not a great world for a for for a, a young girl to be brought up in. Um, but for what, whatever reason, this forest guardian has decided to uh, to shirk its duties of actually being a forest guardian and to to search out uh, Samari's parents. Um, I say the early chapters are kind of mostly just sort of world building, really, along those lines. You know, we kind of get to visit a few locations, see the the, the various kind of. Uh, species and, and groups that are kind of you know just uh, kind of wandering around and kind of living in in towns and cities within within this this world uh we also get to meet kind of another human character who's basically kind of just uh hidden themselves away in some some kind of dying forest uh just to, to kind of uh, for, for their own safety's sake and and so on and so forth and it's all right. Like, there's not really anything kind of great or terrible that I have to say about this. It's one of those kind of volumes that I just read through and be like, mm, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, visually, it looks quite nice. Like, it's, I think its biggest problem is, is it, it has, it has a good kind of handle on its, you know, on its backgrounds and its character designs and it all looks quite nice, but it also always looks very kind of static. Like, there's not really any, feeling of kind of motion or particularly kind of a world where things are happening it it all feels very much kind of you know very very static very staged um, maybe yeah staged is probably the word for it um and the the other thing that i think is partly deliberate but i feel like sometimes it bleeds into characters where it, it shouldn't is that the whole thing feels very kind of very clunky in terms of the way it's written yes. like it feels it it feels it feels like my my starting point was assuming that this was deliberate because clearly like you know that the main golem here is kind of like sort of effectively some kind of like mechanical being it, it doesn't have emotions etc etc and so it talked in a very clipped and deliberate manner and that all makes sense it also makes sense that that is then passed down to samari because clearly like you know she was kind of orphan slash abandoned at an early age so most of her language has been kind of taught via said forest guardian so that kind of makes sense but it did feel like that kind of writing was also just infecting other characters who shouldn't speak that way as well and it felt a little bit inconsistent in terms of how that happened and like it's it's one of those questions where I, I like I wonder whether it's partly translation or whether it's just like the original work kind of messes that up a little bit but it does kind of make it a little bit tough to read like it's it's kind of this weird sort of it sits in this weird kind of ground where like logically all of this makes perfect sense and like this is how these characters would probably talk given their kind of natures and upbringings but also it's not particularly pleasing to read when you're kind of going through page after page 
of it and you know everybody is speaking in a very deliberate and you know very measured way and there are no shortcuts or colloquialisms and everything is a perfect word and there are there is there is not an, a, a single apostrophe in this manga yeah and you know that 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 is kind of tiring to read as much as my brain was like this makes sense but also like i kind of you can take liberties with that stuff in a way that i feel like it would have behooved this series to do yeah i I agree with you entirely, but I come down a lot more strongly on it because I think that the absolute failure of the localization of this series, at least in this manga form, really turned me off the series and I actively came away hating it because, like even when the series is pretty and it has clearly a very interesting world it's not like it doesn't stop every five seconds and give you like the wikipedia data dump of what species this character is and blah 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 monster girl monster girl blah 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 but it keeps its powder dry like that and as you say it's very interesting it's very well drawn um it's very very beautiful in its art style but when all the characters speak like literally every single character speaks in the exact same measured tone and it's exhausting like it feels like they've missed out i mean whatever okay preface i'm not a translator i'm not an editor i'm not a proofreader i am not involved in localizing stuff i'm a guy who speaks on a podcast i used to write whatever but there's no like there's no actual localization of this series it reads like a scanlator like it reads not quite as like a first draft but like a second draft scanlation script where they have the meanings all there but none of the voices are there like it doesn't make sense to have like i mean obviously the golem's going to speak in quite a polite measured way but even Samari, she she had speech before she met the golem. Like, she's the one who spoke out to him. And that's kind of one of the interesting parts of the first two pages is it flips the script on you because you think, oh, this is going to be Samari's point of view. But then, surprise, no, it's the golem. And that's what's the interesting, important part of this is that it's more interested in the golem than it is Samari, particularly. Um, and the rest of the cast kind of fall in line with that. But when you've got literal, like, four-page spreads of everyone expositing at you via the golem, and they all speak in the exact same phraseology and the exact same measure and the exact same language, even though they are, even though you could go ham with it. You know, you've got like lizard people and pixies and shit, but they all speak exactly the same with, it is a shame what happened to the humans. Yes, they lost that war immediately. It's like, what the fuck is this? And it sucks. It sucks all the energy out of it. It sucks all the life out of the characters and all the, like, the scenery. And it sounds completely fake and just clipped as hell. Like, you have a chapter that opens as Samari having injured herself and she hasn't noticed. And like, they both speak about it in this completely dispassionate, oh, you have a wound sort of thing. And it sucks. It really drove me nuts because I was reading it going like, this is insane. Like, this has got to be a problem. Like, because everyone speaks in the exact tone. And because of that, it's impossible at times to figure out who's speaking. Also, one thing about this is there's zero flair when it comes to the speech bubbles and the, the fonts and the actual lettering and the presentation, because it uses a slight, much like the other North Star pictures released when we did um, Braco Gozake, the, it, uses a, it uses a different font, which is fine. I'm not saying everyone has to use friggin' anime ace, but it's too small like it's just a little bit too small on my screen so i had to keep constantly zooming in on it and also there's no real art with the text like there's no interesting juxtaposition of the words you know there's nothing to do with that it's all the exact same register 
so the whole series may as well be like text-to-speech Dr. Spatzo monotone voice. And sorry, I've let myself get hit up about this, as you've probably just heard, but it drives me nuts because for me, it completely killed this series um, because I like this sort of stories and this sort of setup. This whole like strangers in a strange land, learning together, walking throughout the world sort of setup is gold. Like it's really, it's a really good basis for telling stories. And like, but... You know, I like the demons, like they, they, the apothecary demons they come across, but they speak in the exact same fucking voice, and so it kills it dead, because I'm like, this sucks. Like, there's no personality to this series whatsoever. Like, characters obviously have different viewpoints, but they speak the same. And it's, as you say, like, it seems very static, and it makes everything else feel lesser, because all of a sudden, instead of the art looking luxurious and gorgeous, it looks almost like a set of, like, screenshots from Morrowind. Like, because it's got all the fucking, um, like, mushroom houses, and Morrowind was full of those. It feels like, like, it feels like a mod that someone made. I don't know, like, it, it the whole thing is, as I say, because I could not get into it, and because it was actively annoying me and pushing me away when I wanted to like it, I ended up, like, going slightly mad reading it, like, trying to furiously you know dig into it and get the good meat that i felt was there or should be there for me to glom onto sorry andy i've gone completely off the rocker um yeah, sorry but yeah i mean it, it, it is it is a, a an important point to make and certainly like it's it makes me curious about the anime adaptation and also curious as to like how much of it is kind of localization versus source material because yeah like there are definitely issues with with kind of voice and, and I, I had exactly the same thing of not being sure which character was talking sometimes and having to kind of read a panel two or three times to kind of get a good feel for that. Um, but I think the, the other thing that I kind of... Uh, I found myself doing it uh, by the end of this volume is I just sort of found myself thinking about other series that do similar things to this series in certain aspects and then just wishing I was reading them in, instead. Like, I mean, already mentioned earlier in this episode, like The Girl from the Other Side, which has a kind of similarity of kind of, you know, sort of guardian and sort of uh, surrogate guardian and, and, and child. And I mean, again, both in terms of like the tone, in terms of the way those characters speak, like that's such a really good example of kind of you know the 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 teacher in Girl from the Other Side has quite a measured kind of clipped tone, whereas the kid is a kid and will just you know say say whatever, and like that's a really good kind of example of, of that sort of writing done well, and again that that adds in itself adds a lot to that series, and so I kind of like found myself thinking like in fact that's partly why I ended up reading some more volumes of Girl from the other side because I thought like oh yeah, like I remember like a good story like based around some of this stuff, and it also got me thinking about something like um girl's last tour which is like a really good kind of just like hey exploring a, 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 an almost entirely kind of like post-human world and again like that is just so much more interesting uh, simply because of of the characters and just like having you know something that you can hang your hat on with them which is something that this series kind of struggles with and it is a shame because i mean again just from the artwork like there are so many kind of really interesting kind of like character designs where you kind of think like I actually kind of I, this is almost the sort of series I just want like a, an encyclopedia of the various races and like the deep lore of because there are all these various kind of races of creatures etc etc that have all kind of bandied together seemingly against humanity and it's like I feel like there's probably a really interesting deep history of all of that but like none of that really kind of gets any 
any player or any kind of time to, to breathe in this first volume kind of understandably like you know it's early in the series but that was kind of my my takeaway by the time I got to the end of this volume is I just found myself thinking of about a bunch of other things be it other series or just other things that I want to see about this world rather than the actual story that it's trying to tell me yeah same um I ended up going back and reading a volume of um Shoulder of Coffin Kuro because that has like personality in spades um but unfortunately well not unfortunately but it sets itself up as a four panel manga which means that unfortunately it doesn't get the chance to really play around with its um, environments that often because it has to have small panels because that's what that's the structure of how it plays it tells its story um whereas this has the luxury luxury of having full page spreads of pretty environments but then like uh, yeah it just makes it confusing um also like the the witches at the end like i guess they're a different species from humans somehow i don't get it they're humanoid but ah whatever i'm yeah 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 i i by, by that point i was definitely just like i wasn't gonna ask too many questions but uh yeah i know it's it's a shame because like I, I i feel like i certainly kind of I got more out of it than you did, but probably not by much. Like it was very much a case of just like, eh, that was fine. Like I, I think, I think had it not been for the artwork being kind of quite nice as, as kind of, you know, stayed as it is, I, I would probably not have had anything to kind of like take it, take out of it. Whereas at least it's like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, I like the designs. Uh, I, I like some of the general gist of what it's going with, so you know it was it was okay, but it's certainly kind of hard to like recommend it. And, and again, like when you start thinking about other series that that take some of the same kind of ideas and subject matter as this, and think about how much better they are, it kind of just makes it very hard to recommend this particular series as something that you should go out and grab. Yeah, I'm as I say, like I. I wanted to like it and I like the basis it's playing with, but just found myself so horribly, so intensely turned off by it that hard no sorry i'm not <laughs> pulling the ejector cord here um so so, so not going to read volumes two to five currently available in english no but i might watch the anime to see if that does it differently yes yeah like I've, I've heard some good things about the the anime so i am actually quite interested to, to see that and i have been kind of avoiding it until after we had this discussion so that it didn't kind of sway my opinions in. that's fair yeah i'm interested to see if like is it the same like do they all speak in that clip tone like is what's going on so i'm interested to see what happens um also yeah, like maybe, also maybe... it'll be nice to see that world in motion because it might impart some of that motion that you mentioned was missing from the art as nice as it was <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm now expecting it just to be like one one voice actor just like doing the entire cast with the same voice. But like, hopefully that, that won't happen. Oh, don't. Oh, someone will do it. Um, but yeah, it's all done by Dr. Spazzo, like I say. It's all done by text to voice. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Samari in The Guardian of the Forest. That's one thing as well. Like, instead of it being forest spirit, it's Guardian of the Forest. It's so much more laborious. Like, every single character, like, like at one point there's like a trend there's like a um there's a as a um uh what's it there's like a what's this there's a conversation ha- happens where like a character is surprised and they're clearly making a wah face on the page but then they say in the speech voice goodness what is this and it's like what is this fucking oh god anyway whatever <laughs> yeah what, 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 what actual one one to, to end this on a positive note i will say there's a very good cat that is not a cat in this series yeah that cat's all right um <laughs> that, that cat's pretty good although it's not a cat yeah shame 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, that is Samari in the Garden of the Forest. Um, so yeah, that's our two for this um, episode. It kind of struck out in both cases. Whoops. Um, but hey, that's why we're doing this to read more stuff. So talking about reading more stuff, um, what we're talking about next time. So. Also, keeping on the whole um, lots of strange monsters, also with a human thrown in there for some reason, um, I have picked out Sorry for My Familiar, Volume 1, which actually has some similarities to Samaria and the Guardian of the Forest. So there we go. We Here's another series which maybe will be better than Samari was. <laughs> fantastic um and yeah so for for my pick for the, the next uh the next show this is actually something that's been on my list all the way back from like episode one i'm pretty sure i told you about like, it at some point man like and yeah yeah well i think you've you've talked about it like it was already in my mind i think before this this podcast was was even more than like the the apple of our collective eyes and it's like finally so, somebody tweeted something from it again the other week and i was like you know what i finally need to bite the bullet and actually just add this to the list um and so i've chosen volume one of wave listen to me yeah i'm interested to read this again because i read it literal years ago at this point and also it's been in this weird limbo for a while where the artist wasn't continuing it um but i think it's coming back into the fore and i think it's got anime announced um yes there is indeed yeah so interesting i i, I remember volume one fondly in a really intense way so let's go back to that Cool. cool so thank you very much for listening um, this has been your first episode of Screen Tone Club for 2020 um, you can listen to much more on our website at screentone.club um, new and updated and slightly more confusing to navigate sorry um, we don't control the template um, if you like this podcast please consider leaving us a review or a rating they really help um, surface the podcast to more people um, in particular if you think your friends would like it please introduce them to the show this is still like word of mouth is still the ultimate way that podcasts get shared around um, you can also follow us on twitter at screen tone club we have an email address which is show at screen tone dot club uh, my name is elliot page you can find me on twitter at elliot page um, let, i have a, like a stash of cat photos i took over christmas that i'll be slowly spoon feeding out um, over the next few weeks um, i also wrote like a weird self like self congratulatory manga post on my website moash.it which is basically a thousand words of me saying i'm right you're all wrong i don't care um, so you can then go and see my terrible tastes laid bare without andy to try and calm me down there <laughs> and andy how about you uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Hannah's1979. Um, and if you go back a little bit through my timeline, you'll find me spouting some nonsense about the top 25 anime of the decade, which probably, if I read it now, I'll already like, regret half the choices. So uh, enjoy that, I guess. We've done enough um, top X lists between us to know that we probably shouldn't do them anymore, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I sat there over Christmas thinking, this is a terrible idea, and then I just started typing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's great mind you that's also how i ended up with a manga blog post that has zero numbers in it i was just like i want to get my opinions out there and andy's not here to like to receive them so there we go anyway thank you very much and well fingers crossed 2020 um and as mentioned please consider joining the patreon we will have a bonus episode on format of panic which we're going to be recording in about 10 minutes um so with that thank you very much and good night bye everyone bye